Hello and welcome to Disseminate the Computer Science Research Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Wardby. Today we have another instalment of our CIDR series, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Suyash Gupta, who will be talking about his paper, Chemistry Behind Agreement. Suyash is a postdoc at UC Berkeley, and he's currently working on designing efficient fault-tolerant systems with a key focus on handling malicious attacks. Suyash, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank uh, thank you for having me. I mean, it's great to join here. Uh, this is an exciting platform, uh, and it's I think it will help a lot of community. Uh, so yeah, um, as I'm doing a postdoc at UC Berkeley's, and uh, this was a recent paper which we presented at Cider. So I'm excited to explain it and look forward to any questions. Awesome. Well, 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 we're happy to have you as well. So before we get into the paper, can you maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you became interested in researching? databases and distributed systems? Yes, I, I think, uh, so I have been uh, starting to do database research, I think from Purdue, from where I started my PhD and then I moved to UC Davis uh, where I graduated. So I think we were taking a course which was looking into designing commit and concrecy control protocols and that sort of intrigued me in like, how are these protocols designed? Can we actually do something new? And that's where I started to take a deep dive into uh, distributed databases. And uh, interestingly, this work is sort of a extension to the early days when I started doing that, because back then when I was looking at, I was looking at how to design two-phase commit protocol or three-phase commit protocol. And then I soon moved on to doing uh, consensus protocols, basically fault-tolerant consensus protocols. So this work sort of takes care of all of those protocols and tries to bring a single framework in some sense. Amazing, yeah. I mean, concurrent control, right? That's that's what got me hooked as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that's definitely like the gateway drug for databases. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, so you touched on it a little bit there, as sort of the general idea behind the paper. But can you maybe give us the elevator pitch for this work? Yes. So, um, if I have to say that, I'll say that out in the wild, there are many type of agreement protocols which come in several flavors. Like commit protocols are there. There are protocols which can handle crashes. There are protocols which can handle malicious attacks. But despite this, we believe there's no single framework which can express all of these protocols. As a result, what we feel is that there is a disparity in understanding and usability of these protocols. And such a disparity kills innovation and adoption. In fact, in just this cider, we were listening to some talks and we were listening to people discussing among themselves. And a common framework statement was like, Pax is hard. So still there is what people feel not easy way to understand this protocol. And that is where our work come into picture, chemistry behind agreement. We tried to design a chemical framework. Per se, it's called as chemical, but the idea is to design a framework which can express all of these protocols. And the hope is that using this frameworks, developers can come up with new protocols and they can actually adjust the system based on the requirements. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's super useful work. So I know from personal experience, trying to understand all the different variants of Paxos and the, the, the whole spectrum of protocols there, right? It's, it's so hard to, to, to just compare and get your head around each one, sort of teasing out what the primitives are and things. So yeah, definitely really, uh, really sort of a helpful work on, on that front. So you've kind of, I really like the chemistry angle to it as well. I think that's a really good way of thinking about these things. So you start off by uh, in the paper by defining like four atoms. So can you maybe run us through each one and why you decided on these four being the four atoms? Yes. Uh, 
So the idea behind this paper was like, if, as you just said, I, we're trying to say what is chemistry. And if you're saying chemistry, chemistry has main elements, things are something atoms, there are elements, and then there are compounds. So first thing we need to design is what is atoms. And in chemical term, atom is basically the smallest indivisible unit of an element. So similarly, we were trying to think, uh, what are the atoms of different agreement protocols? How will these protocols actually come into being? So I think few things which you realize that all of these protocols have something which is called as a failure model. Failure model means what type of attacks or things they can handle. Like, for example, some protocols can simply handle crashes and they cannot do anything more. And that is good enough. While some protocols can actually handle uh, Byzantine attacks or malicious attacks. And that they're, they're, the replicas could actually collude. They can lie or do anything else. So first thing is we need to define what is a failure model. Next element, according to us, is quorum. Basically, if we are designing a protocol, and in that protocol, there will be multiple parties, what is required from these multiple parties to come together and reach a common decision? And that is what Quorum basically tries to tell. For example, in some protocols, the idea will be that you need all the parties to come together. So in a system, if you have N parties, all N of them should come together. While some protocols will say, hey, I do not need N of them. I only need a subset of them. And that subset could be F. For example, Paxos style protocol, what they say is that if you have N parties and they say that N is equal to 2F plus 1, then I only need F of the parties to come together, reach a common decision as F plus 1 parties. And that is the quorum for them. Similarly, in the BFT world, but the idea here has been that a lot of protocols say that we need two-third majority, so 2F plus 1 to come together and actually reach a common decision. So that is quorum for us. Then another element we thought is that, okay, we have defined failure, we defined quorum, what can we do next? The next thing which we thought is will be topology. Basically, where will these protocols run? How will these protocols run? So generally, if we say in the broad outlook, the protocols can run either as a centralized setup or in a decentralized setup. In a centralized setup, the idea will be there will be a leader which will actually initiate the protocol and everyone else will follow whatever the leader is saying. While in the decentralized setup, everyone can work together and they can send messages to each other. They can communicate with each other. They do not need to wait for the leader to initiate stuff. Alternatively, we also there's, there are some protocols which follow a ring design where the idea is that I will just communicate with two of my neighbors. Basically, we assume a ring-like structure. Everyone is sitting in a ring and they are communicating. So these are some of the sort of like topologies we see are common. And finally, the fourth element, which we thought is like data distribution. How is the data distributed among these parties? Because we have these parties and what are these parties actually holding on to? Or what are they actually executing? So one way could be that all the parties are holding exactly the same data. And that is a common replication model. While the another scenario could be where every party only has a distinct set of data items. And traditionally, this thing is called a sharding. Similarly, there are some models which use flavor of both, where you have both sharding and both replication happening at the same point in time. So this is what how we define are uh, generally the atoms in the system. Nice. How, how did these four things sort of come like fall out then? I mean, did, was there certain other atoms you think, oh, do we make this an atom or not? Or was it pretty obvious from 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 when you start to try to decompose this and break this down that these are the four sort of founding like indivisible atoms, right? That that, that kind of fell out. So uh, that is, again, a very good question. I think uh, why we thought about only these four atoms was the reason is because we saw a lot of different protocols. And I think some of the protocols which we'll be discussing later in this podcast also will be that any protocol which we have will follow some of these structures. They will first define 
how their party should have the data they will of course define what is the type of uh, attacks they can handle they will decide how should they reach a decision uh, so basically these ended up being the fundamental uh, constructs in the protocol of course we are not saying that these will be the only sort of uh, four atoms for the start we believe these are the four fundamental atoms and we believe in the future more atoms can be maybe added if this possible that some protocols might require some different atoms which are indivisible, indivisible and they need to be the founding ones so yes they can be added but according to us these are the four basic which will be part of almost any protocol nice that that, that really makes sense so now 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 that we've got our atoms we need the, in in chemistry we need we need compounds right as well so you give the six of these in the paper can we maybe run through those what are they and why yes now once we got the atoms now we need to do next as i just said we need to make some sort of an element combining these atoms what can we do and in some sense uh, what we view elements in this paper are basically phases of the protocol so we have different agreement protocols we could have 2pc 3pc which are commit protocol we could have paxos style protocol which are cra- can handle crash failures and then we can have uh, pbft style protocol which can handle all the malicious attacks so in all of these protocols what is something which are common and, what, and that is what we try to term as the elements and basically the common phases for example a very common phase in any protocol will be proposal someone has to because if a protocol is being run that means someone must have sent a proposal there must be a leader um there must be some party who has actually said hey let's run this proposal let's complete this transaction let's execute this transaction and that is what we call as the one of the key elements and often this proposal is sent by the leader to all the other parties or in protocols like distributed protocol maybe they could multiple leaders all of them could be sending proposal at the same point of time then once a leader has actually sent a proposal other parties need to take some decision generally the idea is that these parties try to reach an agreement what to do with the proposal so they try to vote on the proposal and that is according to us the next element where the parties will decide to vote whether they want to actually agree to what the primary is saying or the leader is saying or they do not agree in some protocols the vote might actually even determine they want to even abort the transaction commit the transaction so the idea of the next element is to vote then once the voting is done now a common decision has to be reached so the votes all of these parties they vote they send these vote to the primary if there if there's a primary backed protocol and now what the primary will do it will collect all of these votes and once the primary is actually collected all of these votes it need to it needs to gauge what is the result of this voting has everyone agreed or has everyone disagreed so now based on those results now the protocol needs to move forward so if it is possible some protocol say that just enough votes are uh, once we get sufficient number of votes we can simply prepare or we can simply commit and that is what our next elements are based on the common decisions protocols try to decide on the global decision based on this global decision either you can just prepare move the protocol to the next stage or if you want multiple steps you can also commit and similarly we also have here another element which we call as decentralization because if the protocol is just being led by the primary then you prepare and commit are happening led by the primary because everyone is sending to the primary then uh, primary sending response back while you can have a decentralized version where you say everyone can communicate with each other so again we have decentralized version of this protocol and in the paper if you'll have a look we try to show us uh, 
symbol to represent this decentralization. So we are trying to show the difference between centralized prepare and commit and decentralized prepare and commit, basically saying who is leading to these next decision-making steps. Finally, when all the decision is done, you need to actually execute the transactions. Uh, execution means you need to actually find what the result is and then you need to reply to the client. So that stage, we are again representing through an element. And often when you have a lot of transactions and you have reached completed execution and you have passed through a lot of history, you need to do some checkpointing and garbage collection. So we again make us element for that. And finally, it is possible that if the protocol is led by some leader, then that leader might fail. And if the leader fails, then what should you do next? You need to select a next leader. And once you select a next leader, you need to ensure that all the other parties know this is the next leader and they all have the common state. So we believe leader election could be another element. So if you see in premise, all of these elements are trying to show that different phases and protocols are sort of like common in every protocol and these are exactly the elements that's what we are trying to show nice so yeah just to, just to summarize this the six different elements we have here so we have proposal vote prepare commit with obviously the decentralized variant as well execution checkpoint and leader election great yes. we've got our elements now now let's let's like cook up some <laughs> cook up some sorry cook up some protocols of these elements right let's mix them together so let's there's this really nice bit in your paper where you, now we've got our framework. You analyze like, like four of probably the most famous agreement protocols out there. So maybe we can run through each one and just talk about how this framework can be used to describe these algorithms. Yes, uh, I think that's a great thing. So uh, so now what we'll try to do is that we'll try to take uh, the four atoms and the six elements and we'll try to... Uh, design four of the protocols. Basically, we'll try to see how can we design two-phase commit, three-phase commit, Paxos, and the PBFT. And, and the reason we chose these four basic protocols is because two of them come from the commit world, one of them comes from the Paxos, the crash fault-tolerant world, another one comes from the malicious uh, fault-tolerant protocols. So to understand that, what we'll try to do, we'll start with two-PC protocol. And to See two PC protocol. We know that in the two PC protocol, the assumption here is that uh, there will be multiple parties, and these parties, what they try to do is they try to reach an agreement where a transaction could be committed or about or has to be aborted. And the whole point here is that generally two PC runs in a partition system where the idea is that all the parties are managing their own data. And then that is why they need to take their own individual decision whether they can actually order the transaction or not. So in some sense, all of these parties are sending a vote of uh, aborting or committing the transaction. So the first phase would be for, would be also our first element, which is proposal. So whichever party has access to the transaction, it says, let's propose. And then now it sends this proposal to all other parties. And now all other parties, when they get this proposal from the leader, what they do, they decide to vote, whether they should commit or abort the transaction. And the thing here is that all of these parties are individually making a decision. They are trying to look in their own history and seeing whether they can individually abort or commit the transaction or not. And this is why we represent this type of voting sort of differently from the voting we'll do in Paxo and Pivot, which I'll discuss next. And once the primary gets the decision from all the parties, it decides, okay, if everyone has agreed to commit transaction, let's commit. 
if one of the person says or more several people say that let's abort the transaction they'll abort so the idea is to show that there's a next phase which is the commit phase whether you make a common decision what you need to do with the transaction and based on this discussion now the transactions are executed if you need to actually execute transaction or not you need to reply to the client you need to add update in the history uh, write in the log so that's what being is done execution step so that is a very simple two phase commit protocol but now once we have done the two phase commit protocol let's try to see what do we need to do in the three phase commit protocol and this is where things become interesting the extension between two phase commit protocol to three phase commit protocol is quite trivial if we try to see it from our framework's perspective basically the problem with two phase commit protocol was that it could be blocked so uh, prior work show that if the primary fails and one of the replica fails at the same point in time then it is very easy to create a scenario where the all of the replicas are stuck they are not able to make any progress and system comes to halt so to avoid that three phase commit protocol came and the idea of three phase commit protocol was to say that hey before you actually make any decision ensure everyone is ready to uh, move forward so that's why three phase commit protocol had a prepare phase and that is this is where our, another element comes so when we said you can either commit the transaction or you can first prepare and commit the transaction that is where three phase commit protocol comes so the proposal is same leader sends the proposal everyone is voting after everyone votes now the leader does not make the global decision final global decision it what all decides whether it can actually move everyone to prepare or it can ask someone to come and that's what is happening and once it knows that everyone is ready to move to commit it again finally does the committing the transaction so basically we have added two more phases in the whole uh, two more elements in the whole framework so if you see in the two phase commit we had four elements uh, proposal vote commit execute now we have six elements proposal vote now you prepare then you again vote then you commit and then you finally execute so that's what three phase commit protocol looks like okay so now we did two phase commit and three phase commit protocols so how can we build paxos from this knowledge and that is what we were trying to think and so what does paxos do compared to two phase and three phase commit protocol well if we see in two phase and three phase world the idea what was happening is that all these parties were making their individual decision and in paxos what is happening there is a notion of a replicate system so all the parties are working on exactly the same data they have same uh, same sort of data items what are the transaction comes they're trying to order it exactly the same way and to do that we need to run through a consensus which is paxos consensus and what we'll try to see here is that the phases being used are exactly same as 2pc for example in the paxos let's do a leader there's already a selected leader and that leader has to propose so the leader proposes the transaction and now the same thing was happening in 2pc the leader was proposing and now everyone is voting but what they're voting here is that they're trying to see whether they can actually agree with the primary or not so they simply send their agreement to the primary if the primary receives agreement from majority of people in this case it will be f plus 1 as we said the quorum size is different in 2pc the leader had to listen to everyone while in paxos the benefit is leader only needs to listen to f plus 1 people so once the leader listens from f plus 1 people it takes it knows that okay f plus 1 people have agreed to uh, follow the decision so he goes ahead and commits the transaction and then finally the leader ask everyone to execute transaction so 
exactly same four elements which are being used in 2PC are being used in Paxos. But the only distinction is the way they are being used. And in uh, 2PC, the voting is being done. Everyone does a dis distinct sort of voting. Uh, they have their own st uh, states. They might be working on partition data. While in Paxos, everyone is working on exactly the same data. While in 2PC, every, uh, the leader needs response from everyone. While in Paxos, only F plus 1. And similarly, this allowed us to create PBFT now. Because seeing we already made Paxos, what do we need to do in PBFT? In PBFT, the difference here is that you can have malicious attacks. So because you can have malicious attacks, like in 3PC, you had to wait before you reach your decision. In, P P in 3PC, we had to first prepare and then commit. Exactly same thing what we are doing in PBFT. We first have to prepare the replicas and then we commit the transaction. But the key difference between 3PC and uh, PBFT is same what is between 2PC and Paxos. And of course, in PBFT, the quorum size is increased. The quorum size, which was F plus 1 in Paxos, is now 2F plus 1 in PBFT. So the phases are exactly the same. So this is how we were able to define the six, uh, the four different protocols using just these six elements. Hearing you say that then puts it all into perspective so much, so much more in a, like, in a clearer way in my mind than me reading these textbooks over the years. It just seems it's a really nice framework and it fits all together really nice. I mean, the thing that, that was kind of, I guess, not obvious to me initially was like the way that the, basically you, you kind of, what's the word is? You, I was initially thinking that the elements could only be used like once, right? You could only use the prepare once, right? But you can use them multiple times, right? That's, I guess, the secret sort of um, source to it in a way, I guess, is that you can mix and match the order in which you have these elements, right? Um, yes. Which, which, is, which is awesome. So I guess building off that, and you, you, you hinted to it earlier on as well, is that this framework will allow you to maybe create or open to sort of the space up to thinking about different sort of combinations of these elements that haven't maybe been explored yet. I know you have a section on in your paper where you look at more complex um, protocols. Maybe we can touch on that and then you can maybe say about the potential space you think is out there for kind of what this framework opens up. Yes. So uh, you're absolutely right. I think, I think that was one of the things uh, also driving goal for us. We wanted to just not restrict ourselves to these four protocols. The idea was to say that this one framework could actually aggregate all different protocols and in fact uh, uh, while I was explaining different atoms and elements I also said that they could be a centralized and decentralized version so we I think we also show in the papers like the Paxos which I was just describing was the leader base where the leader was actually driving the Paxos he, he, leader was sending the proposal it was collecting all the responses and taking decisions we also show in the paper, we can simply make a decentralized version where once the leader has sent the proposal, now the leader is no longer uh, in the middle. All the replicas can go ahead and talk with them themselves. They can come, come, come on the common decision and they can finally execute. Similarly, we can have a decentralized version of PBFT where we can say that all the replicas can communicate with each other and they can come reach prepare and they can then finally commit. In the paper, then we go again with several other protocols. I think uh, I'll not discuss all the protocols, but to give a quick glimpse, we talk of protocols where there can be notion of speculative consensus. For example, some protocols say you don't need to wait for decision to be committed. Basically, you can take an eager decision. And that is, for example, they're having protocol like uh, ZZY and BFT world. What the idea of this protocol is to say that, hey, as soon as the primary sends me a request, a replica will go ahead and execute the request. And then in the future, they will decide 
whether that request can actually be committed or not. And in case it could not be committed, then they need to roll back this step. So we were able to simply express this in our framework because why we just needed two elements. We needed uh, prepare proposal phase and then we need an execution phase. Of course, if we need to show the failure, then we have to design a different model. And similarly, we were able to show several other protocols. For example, all of these protocols we were talking about assumed right now that there's only one leader and that one leader is sending the proposal. But what if there could be multiple leaders? I mean, there, there are several protocols like there's a Menaces protocol, there's an RCC protocol. These protocols, what they try to say, that you can have all the replicas maybe at the same point and they can act as the leader. That means that in such a protocol, or several requests are getting committed, prepared at the same point of time. So in our framework, what we try to do is that how can we actually leverage this? And if we're going to show that multiple consensus are happening at the same point in time, how can we represent that? And, and for representing that, it was very simple for us. What we added was just sort of like a subscript showing that, hey, we sort of like uh, said that these phases, uh, we found what are the some sort of uh, phases which everyone will be doing. We subscribed it by I. I means how many concerns do you want to run in parallel? And then we said that we added a new element where we said that if all of these concerns are happening in parallel, then you need to aggregate the response because we, these replicas are running multiple concerns. They're running concerns uh, because they have multiple leaders, but ultimately they need to execute these requests and they have to come with a common order for all of these consensus. So we need a, a phase where this common ordering can be generated. So that is how we express parallel protocols uh, and uh, multi-primary protocols. And similarly, we went to other style of protocols. We said that how about protocols or systems where there's both sharding and replication, like Spanner is one example of such system. So we try to express those systems where we show that if you want to do sharding, uh, how do you represent that? And then you can even do replication. So we, we just, as is, what we saw that was just a, some sort of change of notation. We needed few more notations but the phases and elements still remain the same. The only thing was that, yes, if you have multiple shards, you might require these shards to communicate with each other. And for that, we added a new element where we said that maybe you need an inter-shard communication. And that inter-shard communication is a new element for us. And this element was interesting because this also helped us to define a different style of protocol, which is basically say a geo-replication protocol, where you have multiple clusters and each cluster is running its own consensus. They're still working on the same data and everyone is still replicating the same data, but they now need to communicate. So that is what we are trying to do. Next question is, so far we've been we've been talking about the happy path, right? So we haven't really touched on failures too much. How did you go about incorporating failures into your framework? I think uh, you asked a very uh, good question. I think this is, uh, this is a concern for almost every protocol. I think, and that is what... Uh, is challenging for every protocol is how can we actually handle failures and uh, can we actually design a common path for all the failures? Can we actually see that even failures have same sort of elements and atoms like the happy path as I was talking about? And, and actually that is quite true. So because if if we see a, a very basic failure model, the very basic failure model talks to us that there has to be some leader who has failed. And if the lead, because if, if a replica, if a non-leader has failed, then basically uh, that non-leader just needs to uh, get up and it needs to be recovered by itself. It can, it can ask others for help. But if the leader fails, then the system has an issue because now the leader has failed. You need to select a new leader and you need to ensure that all the replicas are running on the 
common state. And that is what we're trying to do. Uh, with the leader election, we believe there's a possibility of creating a common uh, set of elements here. And that's why we designed four different elements. The first element was timeout element, where we said that, how do you know that the leader has failed? So the idea is that every replica is actually waiting for some action to happen. And if that action does not happen for a prolonged period, then that replica will sort of time out and they need to take the next step. In, in our case, what we'll say is that the replicas are waiting for leader to do something. And if the leader does not do a specific task, then they have to time out. And once they time out, they now need to do next. And the next thing generally is that they announce. If, because if I'm a replica and I've timed out, I need to know that how can I make progress. And I cannot make the progress by myself. So generally, I need to announce to everyone and say, hey, I've timed out. Have you also timed out? And, and based on that decision, we can do the next. And often the idea is if every replica is announcing with each other, now they will come to a common goal, goal that they'll find out the leader has actually failed. So now they need to select a new leader. So the whole process of leader election. And leader election is a very famous problem. I think there has been a lot of papers and distributed systems and databases about how to do leader election. So this simply fits in here. So after you have done timeout, there's announcement, another leader election comes. And once the leader election has happened, the idea is that everyone should reach a common state. So generally the idea, is the leader will ensure everyone has the common state or the in like uh, Paxos style protocol, the leader might check everyone's log and maybe try to set their logs into correct state. Or in, or in a BFT style protocol, the idea is the leader will ensure it gives everyone the common state they can all reach and so that they can again start the consensus. So this is exactly what we uh, believe are the four elements. And these four elements can help to define any uh, failure model. And in the paper, we actually show how can these be used to represent PBFT's uh, failure model because we believe if you're able to represent PBFT's failure model, we can also represent Paxos' failure model, which is somewhat easier. Awesome. Yeah, I re recommend the listener going and, and digging into that and, and looking into that some more for sure. Um, so given the, the, the framework here, how did you then go about evaluating how effective the framework is and how how useful it was like and and how did you experimentally explore this and i guess kind of what questions were you trying to trying to answer yes so i think that that is a good thing so i think uh, uh so the key challenge for us while experimenting was to understand how these different protocols are faring with each other first of all uh, at least in this paper we are not presenting a new protocol so People already know how different protocols are supposed to behave in each other. But one of the key goals of our implementation and evaluation was try to give a highlight that now that we have a framework which can actually express different protocols and even their failure model, can we similarly have an experimental framework like that where we can actually um, pick and play different protocols? We can have like these elements I'm talking about, like this proposal, vote, prepare, commit, and all, can we have all of these elements as sort of like modules? And if we have these uh, elements as modules, and then we these atoms are basically the general characteristics of different protocols, then we can simply plug and play these modules, and we can create different protocols. And that is exactly what we tried to do uh, in, in the experimental framework here. In this paper, we specifically use Bedrock as the framework. And why we use Bedrock? Because in the prior work, we have used uh, Bedrock to actually test different uh, 
types of BFT protocols. So in this framework, what we did is that we actually leveraged the bedrock to actually to create even 2PC, 3PC, and Paxos. And what we were trying to show here is that just by having these modules, so we were easily able to not only create these protocols, but even able to achieve the same performance what is expected. So in general, what we expect is that you expect 2PC to, assuming there are no failures. So assuming there are no failures, the assumption is 2PC will perform good because it just has few number of phases. All the replicas will achieve high throughput. And similarly, the assumption here with the PBFT would be the most expensive protocol because it has three phases, all-to-all -all communication, and a, 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 the leader has to send message to all the replicas. And there's somewhere in between there will be three three PC, there will be Paxos, and that is exactly what is what we are able to yield the same results. Uh, and we, we don't. The whole aim is that now that we have created such a framework with these small elements and that framework is able to express these four different protocols. We actually, we also evaluate POE, uh, which basically reduces one phase from PBFT. And we try to show that PO is actually performing better than PBFT in the experimental. So the idea is that with these four or five protocols, which we are now able to create, maybe in the future, we can also add more uh, elements or maybe we can use these existing elements to create newer protocols. So this experimental evaluation is sort of like an initial step to allow developers to create a framework where they can easily mix and match different protocols and create newer designs. Awesome. Yeah, I have a few questions that kind of fall out from the first is Bedrock. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I'm not familiar with that system at all. Yes. So I, I, the Bedrock is actually um, work with one of the co-authors. So uh, one of the co-authors on this paper is uh, Mohammed Javed Amiri, who is from UPenn. So it, it is his uh, ongoing work. And the idea of the bedrock is basically trying to understand how different BFT protocols work in practice. So I think Mohammed has done a good uh, job there. He tried to basically implement almost 10 to 11, 10 to 15 style of different BFT protocols. Um, and what it tries to show is that how in practice these protocols are performing, what is their throughput, what is their uh, latency. Uh, it could be in the single cluster, it could be across uh, geo cluster, multiple uh, regions and continents. So I think that is what he's trying to experiment in Bedrock. And I think that is why we use Bedrock for this framework. Sure, yeah, that, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I really liked what you were saying as well about this, having like these plug-and-play modules for each element, right? I mean, I, I can imagine me just coming along and writing some config files. Hey, I want to try out this new protocol I think could be great. I want to evaluate the properties of it through open latency, see how it performs. And I can just like plug-and-play all these. I want to do this round, I want this element, that element, and just kind of stitch them all together. That's really cool. So how easy was that to implement? And like to have these sort of independent modules, is that quite difficult? Or did, did you find things leaking into each other? Actually, that's a good question. So, so uh, in this paper, interestingly, we use Bedrock. So, this was something sort of an uh, attempt which we also did at uh, Resident DB while we were doing this thing. So, and in both of these systems, I think the idea of what we did was we first started by creating a simple protocol. Let's say we just took PBFT, for example. And once we designed PBFT, we saw there are very common phases, like phases like uh, uh, the same thing which we are talking of elements here, right? Like the prepare and commit, the same things have to be done in there. And these could be simply created as independent modules. Of course, uh, as you said, uh, like they will have some common parameters and the, these parameters will be accessing each other. So that is the same thing which is going to happen even here. But 
uh, we could easily uh, separate out these as functions like a function called as a prepare function, as a commit function or a vote function. And now for these four protocols, for example, we realized that these functions could be similarly used. But yes, of course, there were some, some nitty-gritty details. For example, in 2PC, we realized that the vote is basically telling whether you want to actually commit or abort the transaction. While in uh, PBF to Paxel, vote basically means I'm ready to agree with the primary. So in that case, we had to had, ha have some changes. We have to say a vote for commit protocols while a vote for any other specific startup protocol. Similarly, uh, execution in sense, I think it was quite easier for all, almost all the protocols but because you're just simply executing the transaction or, or even the leader election was quite simple because you're... So some of these phases were very easy to separate out. Yes, but there were some other phases which have... Uh, which uses which use common global parameters. And I think that is for there, you have to link to each other. So there, I think the developers have to uh, do some edit. Okay, how... how big was the implementation of the follows? How long did it take? Um, okay, so the the two things, as I said, because um, part of the thing was we already had Bedrock uh, with us. So we didn't have to do a lot of implementation. The only implementation we had to do was for 2PC, 3PC and Paxos. But I think it, it did not take much time. I, it just took us a matter of, uh, I believe Mohammed told me it just took him like, couple of days just to implement these few protocols because and and i think that was the beauty about it because it, because generally if you're going to write a protocol it is going to take you a lot of time but if you have a plug-in play system it just takes a uh, couple of days to create multiple protocols and well, I, I, I was thinking it's, the answer is going to be in a magnitude of months rather than days wow that's <laughs> that's awesome uh, cool um yeah i guess i guess kind of spoke about all like the the, the like how effective the framework, how useful the framework can be, and you spoke about the evaluation. But are there are there any limitations to the framework? Like, what are the the areas where it doesn't maybe fit perfectly? Actually, that's a great question. In fact, you yourself, uh, while asking me the question, pointed out a limitation. Interesting, and there is sort of a limitation. I think the limitation in the framework is sort of like the system right now itself is not fully expressive. We need to do much more. I think. To start with, one of the points which you said was uh, there are protocols which talk about read and write sets where you need to specify read and write sets earlier in time. And I, like the deterministic protocols, which say that you need to know the read and write sets of the transaction ahead of time. And I think at this point in time, uh, the fra our framework does not provide a way to express such protocols, but we need to think about how can we do that. And similarly, right now, all the protocols that we have discussed, we make an assumption that they have sort of a Sync partial synchrony or synchrony assumption. The idea is that uh, the like the real election with the assumption here is that we are assuming the replicas will time out and when they time out, they will announce, they will announce, and then they will go and select a leader and they will do forward. But what if the protocol is asynchronous and there are sort of many asynchronous protocols where there's no notion of timeouts? So, how do we express such protocol in the framework? I think we still need to do on that. And similarly, our protocol right now, for example, does not talk about things like reconfiguration i mean what if a node wants to join the system what if a replica wants to leave the system um, can we express those type of things in our framework that is something again we have to think about a challenge so and some more protocol like there are protocols which have a dag like right now we are assuming a single ordering interesting most of these protocols assume there's a single but there have been recent protocol which assume dag based ordering dag based ordering there's no there's a partial ordering happening so Again, we need to think 
how can we include these type of designs in our frame? The tag thing is interesting because I don't know if this is related to what I'm going to ask is that how would you capture different consistency guarantees in the pro- in this framework? And is that something that you're thinking about exploring as well? Actually, I'll say that that is actually one of the things which we are thinking about exploring. I do not have a right answer right now. I, 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 that is something which also uh, hovered around, like, because right now we are assuming just uh, one guarantee. We're assuming a single ordering across all the replicas. But I think, yes, you're right. We might have to think about eventual consistency or we might have to causal consistency. Can we actually even talk about these things in that framework? Might be quite interesting. I, I we don't have a right answer right now, but we are. This is something we are actively exploring. Right. Now. Fantastic. Yeah, plenty of interesting things to be going at. <laughs> cool. Um. Yeah. I guess my my next question is then: Has maybe as a like a software developer or someone working in databases or data management, how can I leverage the findings from your research and the things you find, and what impact do you think they can have on someone's day to day working life? Yes, I think. So for that, I think I'll I'll go back to like a few years back and I'll I'll try to say like, why did we actually even uh, come up with this idea? So, I mean, this was not something which we have been thinking for years, but I think something, uh, so during my PhD, I think we have been working on like uh, these different consistent protocols. And that is where uh, we designed this framework, which we call, which we call this resident DB. So ideas basically, which expresses different BFT protocols and uh, similar to bedrock and the idea of, of our resident DB framework was basically trying to say that how can we express different protocols uh, the idea was not exactly plug and play but just to give a framework which can allow implementing different protocols and uh, we found this challenging because there were speculative protocols there were geoscale protocols there were uh, sharded replication protocols we were trying to have these challenges and I think this, this is the same sort of challenge which even developers had because I think my one of the person I was uh, working on such this framework, uh, he is now working at Oracle and or, or other places. And he also said that he met different developers and different. And these developers still find it hard to design Paxos because it's not it's not it's very unclear to uh, people like how can you even do simple sort of like replication or safe replication and I think the use of this framework would be like a lot of people easily know about two-phase commit, three-phase commit protocols because these are the basic database protocols which are taught to anyone. And if we can show that other protocols are quite similar to these, uh, like protocol like PAX or the PBFT are quite similar to this, pro- this two-phase, three-phase protocol, then people can easily reason about them. And uh, this reasoning can actually help in expressing different protocols. And I think might easily... S- help developers to develop these protocols and create the fallback case because often I've seen developers saying that hey uh, PBFT is hard why it is hard because oh the failure case is very hard you have to think about a lot of sending a lot of messages or receiving or actually generating the common state we believe that may not exactly be the case it might just be a simple way of expressing fascinating yeah I think it definitely gives a a common language for people to talk about these things because i think we all kind of have in our heads otherwise our own way of understanding these protocols right and then often my worldview is not compatible of somebody else's and we kind of get confused on terminology and and whatnot so you're definitely kind of giving people a common baseline to talk about these things on is is a massive massive win um and i think as well i mean i you touched on it a little bit there you said that I mean, I'm, I'm, I was guilty this, this as well. Like two-phase commit, three-phase commit. Yeah, this is these are pretty like okay. I can understand these. 
you go into Paxos and Paxos sort of has this like myth associated with it of it being difficult to understand, right? And it kind of almost, it feels impenetrable almost sometimes. But when you break it down like this, it's, you just so, oh no, it's not, we're just doing a few extra phases, right? Like, and that, that, that kind of, that almost demystifies it and sort of takes away sort of um, the scariness of it almost. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with it. agree with everything you're saying. Um, cool. Yeah. I, I guess when, when you were working on this then, what was maybe the thing that, that you, you kind of learned across working like that kind of caught you off guard maybe and was you were like, huh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't expect to learn that sort of thing. Yes, I think uh, I think two things were quite interesting to um, me, especially while I was trying to understand this framework was specifically, uh, we saw, as I was describing the protocols, uh, we saw there's same sort of similarities between PBFT, Paxos, 2PC, and 3PC. I think that was quite interesting. And specifically similarities, not just similarity in the saying that, of course, they're agreement protocols and they have similar style of phases. What it was, like, the number of phases were exactly the same. And, uh, like, the only difference what we found was how well they were actually replicating the transactions or they were not replicating the transactions, whether they were actually uh, nodes were taking their own decisions. And that was quite intriguing to us because we were like, okay, they're not exact. they're not quite different protocols they have same style of phase and i think this is what exactly i think what the challenge has been in the community and we all have been looking at the protocols in a different way but they're exactly simple extension you just add more phases to pack so it becomes pbft you added more phases you increase the quorum says now it's pbft you you just change the model from like uh you increase diff, change the quorum size you decided who will making the decision now it's actually two PC. So this is what was quite. And now how do how should I parallelize the protocol? You just allow uh, replicas to run multiple consent at the same point in time. Now it's a parallel protocol and just, just need to collect and aggregate their state. So I think this was quite interesting to us uh, that, and this was something I think uh, we didn't realize it, it is quite easy to understand. Even, even after working for uh, several years on these protocols itself, we ourselves did not realize until we actually started making down this pro- framework and realized, yeah, it is quite, we are using exactly the same states and that is exactly easy to define. Nice, yeah, for sure. I mean, when you were working on it as well, I mean, when did the idea sort of happen for initially? When did you decide, you know what, we're going to do this framework? How long How long back was that? So uh, I think in some sense, the idea for this, okay, the idea for this specific paper, I'll say was just last year. Mm. But the idea in general to design such a framework or way to express had been there with us for, I think, since 2018, 2019, I'll say that. Since 2018, 2019, we wanted a way to express. And I think the problem, the reason why we wanted to express is because as like everyone, uh, when I started, I started with just understanding 2PC, 3PC. And then, of course, Paxos has been... uh, difficult for everyone i think and then i just switched to pbft and then i tried okay i was trying to understand once i understood pbft i think i went back to paxton oh it's not exactly difficult it's quite similar to what uh pbft is doing it just reduced phases and you don't require that much communication in some sense so i think that is what was quite interesting for me but I, at that point even i'm still saying if this is the case why don't we just simply express all these protocols in one framework uh, and actually that that helped us to design few other protocols. So I think subsequently, uh, while I was work- understanding these protocols, we had this uh, GOBFT paper, which was at VLDB. And we had another paper, RCC, which was ICD. So all of these papers 
and, and I, I talk about these protocols actually uh, in in the paper also in this uh, chemistry behind agreement paper also. So the the paper protocol POE, RCC, and GOBFT, uh, all three of the protocols, they came to us in a matter of like one and a half to two months. And why they came to us? Because once we saw that how similar the f- phases were, we were easily easily able to split them. We saw that, oh, now you can simply parallelize and that will give you performance. And now you can actually uh, replicate the concerns across clusters and that will give you another different design and which will help to scale more. So I think since then we were trying to think, okay, maybe we should come up with a common framework, common framework, and finally I think it happened. Fantastic. Yeah, finally, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to write this framework down now. <laughs> awesome. Was there, were there any like dead ends you hit though when you were trying to, when you, when, you finally, when you finally came to the point of deciding, right, let's write this down. Were there some kind of things where oh, you hit a bump in the road sort of thing with it? Yes, there were. Actually, there were a lot of bumps in the roads. For example, uh, when we started out, we started out with the four simple protocols. And it, I think they were very sim- easy to express. But I think uh, as we move forward with uh, further protocols, we, we realized that uh, we had to design, come up with different notations. Because I think, uh, if like for example, in chemistry, right? If you're trying to create a chemical bond or something, we need to, we have different type of arrows or do you have different type of bonding like for benzene you have a like a hexagon structure or you have different structures like similarly we we, we were quite uh, perplexed how should we express express uh, multi-primary protocols or how should we express sharding and replication or uh, in fact if you are going to express sharding replication separately it's fine but how should we express them in the same diagram so uh, for a single protocol and that too in a concise manner we cannot just have like uh some comments written on top of protocol because that will be not be quite interesting. Uh, and I think for that, we had to iterate over many times because uh, because we first, I think we remember we were trying to make some sort of like uh, some sort of brackets or we were trying to make some sort of figures or square boxes. And they're like, no, that's not concise. That's not clean up. I think that was quite uh, interesting, challenging for us to design how to come up with this compact notation. And in fact, we still believe like if future protocols, as some of the things I was expressing, uh, telling that we yet have to discuss in our framework is like about different deterministic protocols, maybe we still need to come up with new notations and expand the set of elements, atoms, and this notations to in- include this protocol. So I think that was quite challenging for us. And yeah, I, I, and that will still be challenging, I believe. Yeah, I think that's a nice segue into my next question is like, what's next on the research agenda then? Where do you go from here? So I think uh, all the open problems, I think we, are st- we have started looking at them. I think uh, right now, for example, we only looked at a very small protocol. I think in this paper, we only looked at like around 20 plus protocols, uh, something 20, 25 protocols. I think we want to move beyond that because in just, for example, in BFT world, for example, there are like 50 plus protocols and, and there, there are chain, chaining protocols. There are protocols which assume uh, the lead election is happening just part of the happy case every time it's happening. And then there, there as I talked about, deterministic protocols are there. And so even in Paxos world, there are sort of different type protocols. I think uh, right now what we're trying to look next is we're trying to see how we can express more of these protocols. How do we have to define the notations? Maybe we need to come up with a much more precise set because I think right now this is just a start, we believe. And I think the largest, uh, we, we want to expand from this 25 protocols to like uh, 50 to 100 protocols we can have. And then we can have say, hey, 
now this is the whole suite of protocols and this one language can actually express and maybe beyond that we are also trying to think maybe we can have sort of like automatic proof generation for these protocols like for example uh, we're trying to think can we actually use things like data log to actually uh, write down these protocols and prove that whatever our designs are or these elements we can simply plug and play there and we can show that we can easily design new protocols so i think those are some of the goals which we are trying to actively uh, think about right now awesome yeah I, um really looking forward to seeing where where this goes my uh i'd be nice as well to start, i mean you mentioned it earlier on uh, about talking about resilient db um maybe it'd be a good time to talk about some of your other research as well that you've done i mean you mentioned like a few vldb papers and icd paper yeah tell us what else you've been up to in the recent recent times yes uh yeah i think so resilient db was something which i started during my phd i think and that is a system which was sort of created and i think that also relates to sort of the key focus of my research uh, so my research mainly focused about uh, designing fault tolerant protocols which can actually handle malicious attacks and i think uh, uh, with resilient db we wanted to do that we wanted to basically create a framework which has the same client server model but now you can actually introduce different protocols like uh, which can handle malicious failures and we had several of our protocols there we have uh, rcc we have poe we have gobft we have ring bft so these are different protocols so idea of these protocols in different environment some work in geoscan environment some work in sharded replicate environment some assume multi primary uh, some some simply reduces phases so that is what we are doing but right now uh, so that was something which i did as part of my phd but right now i'm doing something uh, more in the sense now we are trying to look ahead of just consensus uh we are trying to look as uh what is beyond consensus we are trying to look at for example serverless edge framework and we are trying to see if we have a lot of this serverless functions and we have this edge devices how can these edge devices make use of this serverless functions but these they don't have to actually interact with this uh um uh, edge serverless function in the sense they don't want to store anything on the serverless uh hardware or cloud and how can they do that in an efficient manner and assuming some of the edge devices might be malicious maybe the cloud provider might just fail in such some some case such such a scenario how can we actually provide efficient uh response that is something which is upcoming in our icd uh, 2023 paper then we are also working on uh something about trusted hardware where the assumption here is that you have a uh, such so systems which have trusted hardware and we saw that a lot of these systems uh, use protocols which claim to have more benefits than they actually have and uh, this is something some of our one of our work which is under process and the idea is that to show we define a new suite of protocols and uh, which we call as flexi trust protocols and the idea is that these suite of protocols are uh, more efficient than the protocol which use trusted hardware all the protocols which do not use trust are both of the categories and our idea is that our protocols are more efficient they provide a uh, higher throughput lower latency they provide a uh, um they're more resilient to liveness attacks and this is some work which we are doing uh, which we are doing in parallel and finally i think one more silo research which we are trying to look for is like assuming you have multiple clusters and these clusters running whatever protocol they want and how can these clusters talk with each other and why is this more interesting because this clusters could be anything the clusters could be just organization like for example your 
top organizations they want to communicate with each other now if they want to talk with each other then they need some sort of a trusted person to relay their messages or some sort of a media which is exactly specific for their uh, communication someone needs to handle and manage that but if i don't want to have some trusted network i want to do this thing distributed manner i don't want to trust anyone so how can we do that and that is what we are trying to look at uh, of course there's a simple way you can ask everyone in one system to talk to everyone in another system but then you're creating too many copies of the message so we are trying to see if we can do th- uh, this type of communication but in an efficient copyless manner so these are some of the direction which i'm trying to explore right fascinating it's like this is a whole host of really interesting um like directions there. how do you decide which to pursue and how do you even come up with these in the first place what's your process for doing this I think that's a very interesting question in sense like I I I I cannot just give credit to myself for coming up with most of this I think I think we have a lot of like brainstorming session with lot, I think a lot of us are just sitting around and trying to think over the ideas I think uh one of the things which we always do about and I think pretty sure everyone does is like uh we try to see what might be relevant to uh industry or to wider audience for example uh like in in the protocol which i was talking about communication protocol the idea was basically trying to see is that it's we believe it's a common problem for multiple organizations to talk with each other and there have been some solutions in that direction so we were trying to see what can we do in that space uh, we didn't want to do something with trusted parties we wanted to do without trust and we wanted to also reduce the commission cost so that is where it comes from and then similarly we were trying to think oh there are a lot of hardware these days which have some sort of components like sgx is there intel's sgx is there or the arms arms enclaves are there amazon also has its own mach- uh, small sort of trusted computing is there so if these type of machines are coming forward and people are trying to use them for computation can we design concerns around these type of machines of course people have done in the prior but we first tried to find some limitations we found that there are actually limitations in these those designs and then we tried to come up with efficient designs so i think most of the ways when we most of the times when we try to look at problems we trying to see uh if that problem actually relevant uh, can actually be implemented somewhere can someone actually use it um and of course you have to read what other people have done so i think that is how which gives an idea about what is something more interesting which we can perceive really. i guess if you put your uh, put your prediction hat on now or where do you think it's things are going to look like in like sort of 10 years time like what do you think are the biggest challenges we're going to be facing now that we need to solve for the next sort of 10 years basically ha huh, that's that's a hard question in the yeah, sense it's an impossible uh, question i'm sorry <laughs> yes yes uh, i i i will not deny that okay uh, first of all there's a lot of research in ai and people are doing excellent and beautiful work in that direction I, i'm i'm not an, i'm not even an expert uh to even comment that but but i believe uh ai in databases is very interesting a lot of people are doing but I, but i'll just talk about from the perspective of a person who's looking at distributed systems and databases from uh, from my perspective i believe uh i think through achieving that extra throughput and low latency would still be an interesting problem but i think a lot of focus has recently moved towards designing uh, energy efficient systems and in fact uh, one of our works which is also under submissions we are actually trying to design so for example I, because i work in a malicious attack space uh, uh, there's a whole world which works on protocols which can handle like 
blockchain protocols basically and we have been looking at those direction but i think traditional protocols like search consume a lot of energy so i think we have moved towards designing some protocol which can as consume less energy in fact the product in the uh, trusted space work which i was which i was talking about there also one of the graphs which we are trying to show is that our designs try to use less energy and i think energy would be quite key i think uh, because a recent present uh, presentation i were attending from uh, google engineers uh, and researchers they also were claiming that the companies are driving towards having designs which are consuming less energy and a more efficient i think that is something which might be interesting another direction i believe it might be more interesting is uh, security and privacy i think interestingly some of our works coincide in that direction right now most of the uh, database works uh they don't cater to security in general they they, they actually works are moving towards privacy there have, we have seen a lot of uh, uh privacy um, how to how to secure the data of your client how to ensure the data is not leaked that is something very interesting uh but i think still we are not looking at malicious attacks per se there have been a lot of works in systems community but i think database community still has very few works but i think this will become more relevant because attacks on databases are quite common data breaches are happening very much and i think very recently we just saw like uh the there was a f uh, fed fa at fa thing where the flight control got completely shut down in the system because of poor replication in some sense so i think yeah, such type of attacks could have been caused by even hackers where they easily seek compromise data so i think security might be quite interesting so that's where these bft protocols will come into use right now nobody uses them saying that they're expensive but i believe they will be much more in application in the future Awesome. Yeah, I guess maybe as well as as they become, if like efficiency becomes more important, energy efficiency, like those protocols improve, and then they become more usable, right? I guess or more appealing to use because I mean, right, economics, right? Um, yes. I guess yeah, it's time for the for the last word now. So I guess if you, what's the one takeaway you want the listeners to take away from this work and <laughs> this yes. this paper? So I think uh, one simple takeaway I would say is that. consensus protocols or agreement protocols are not hard what is hard is the way they have been expressed and there's a huge disparity in their design and this paper tries to amend those disparities it tries to pre- pre- promote a single framework which can help express these protocols and our hope is that this one framework can help in designing future protocols newer protocols can be expressed in this framework and maybe we can simply keep on extending this framework uh to express other protocols in sense so this framework can act as like a bridge between different communities community which are using commit protocols or crash fault tolerant or or uh malicious fault tolerant protocols i think this framework can become a bridge and this theorem provers which are used by one community can be used in another community to express the same protocols maybe the designs can become common practices can become common by using this framework that that is what i believe is useful for this framework great message to end it on and we'll, we'll yeah we'll end, we'll end the podcast there thank you so much for you actually coming on absolutely fascinating conversation and if the listeners interested in finding more about shiyoshi's work we'll put links to all of the relevant materials in the show notes and yeah we'll see you all next time for some more awesome computer science research <laughs>